Welcome to the Preservation Technology Podcast, the show that brings you the people and projects that are advancing the future of America's heritage. I'm Kevin Ammons, and today we join NCPTT's Josh Springer as he speaks with Dennis Pogue at Mount Vernon about the restoration and grounds of Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon uh, has been restored over the years, but this does not just include the mansion. How has the restoration dealt with all of the other buildings and the landscape in addition to the mansion? Well, as you know, Josh, Mount Vernon it was one of the first historic preservation programs in the country. The Ladies Association acquired it from the Washingtons in 1858, so it's been over, over 150 years that the project has been go- ongoing. Early on, there wasn't much in the way of models to guide how they were going to do this. Um, they were operating under you know, the uh, belief that it should be preserved as Washington knew the property, and that was you know, kind of all there was. There were a lot of people that actually advised early on that the only important thing here was the mansion and the tomb where Washington's body was kept, and that all the other outbuildings, frankly, just weren't that important, and that you know, maybe it would be better just not to deal with them. And thankfully, the ladies early on disregarded that advice and decided that they were going to look at not just the mansion, but all the other buildings and gardens and grounds. And it's fortunate for us because we now have the largest collection of surviving 18th century plantation outbuildings anywhere in the country. And so it's, it's due to their foresight that those buildings are still here. Like most historic houses, uh, Mount Vernon has original furnishings in a space that was not designed to be a museum. How do you balance the needs of the house versus those of the collections? It's, it really is it's one of the, the major issues, I think, facing folks who work in historic house museums. That the, the house itself, is core, of course, is the, the biggest artifact that we have, and you can argue the most important one. Over the years, the ladies have been very assiduous in bringing back original objects to the house because the goal here is to make the place look as much as it did when George Washington lived here. So that means that you're bringing 200-year-old priceless objects back into an historic building that, of course, was never intended to be a museum. So that's a real balancing act. Um, One of the main things is the climate in the building and certainly museum objects. Museum curators want them to be in as stable an environment as they possibly can be. And historic houses, you know, without insulation and uh, all the other things that modern houses have, it's really difficult to accomplish that. So we did install an uh, an HVAC system, a climate control system, about 12 or 13 years ago now. And it was a real challenge to get it into the building without doing lots of damage to the structure. And then most importantly, the goal behind that is, is very limited. Instead of trying to achieve, you know, the very narrow climatic conditions that a museum curator would like, but which could have problems for the building. We have a system that reduces the range of variation, makes the climate better for the objects, but we think still is conducive for the the health of the building. Dennis, what is the uh, greatest challenge you face at Mount Vernon in attempting to keep the mansion and grounds restored, but also beautiful for the public? Well, it is the public. And on the one hand, we're, we're obviously very fortunate in that last year we had over a million visitors you know, come to Mount Vernon. And we will, I'm sure we'll have that number again this year. We're the most 
most visited historic site in the country. Of course, that's wonderful. We love the fact that so many people come and see the place and learn the story and you know, experience all of this, but a million people walking through a 250-year-old building that wasn't you know, meant for that kind of traffic, obviously, uh, is a challenge. So there have been structural things that we've had to do to the mansion to you know, bolster the, the framing of the building to uh, the staircase, for example, uh, we've had we do work we've done work on that numerous times over the years because that's where everybody walks. So you have two million feet, you know, walking up and down that staircase uh, every year. And then because they're in there, um, you know, they touch things. And if one person touches a wall, that's not a big deal. But after a million people have touched it, you know, then the paint's going to be gone. And so every year, it's the same places over and over again that we have to come back in and do that kind of, of basic of basic maintenance. In addition, we're open 365 days a year and heavily visited. So it's not as if we have lots of downtime, you know, where we can work on the building. We, when we do projects, we do them when people are actually in the building. So that's a, that's a real challenge as well. As time goes by, new technologies develop and provide uh, restoration options that have not been previously available. Are there any examples of new technologies that have recently been developed that have helped save or preserve artifacts at Mount Vernon? You know, I think that the preservation field is just a track record of growing sophistication in techniques, but also perspectives, you know, the kinds of things that we're interested in doing and learning about and telling people uh, is different than what it was 100 years ago. And, and fortunately, we do have, you know, new advancements that are being made all the time. Possibly the best example at Mount Vernon is modern paint study. And gosh, back 30 years ago now, Mount Vernon, the association was one of the first sites to embark on a systematic analysis of all the painted surface inside the mansion. The goal was, again, to show the mansion as it was when Washington was here, and so that extends to the paint colors, of course. And these rooms had been painted, some of them had been painted 25 or 30 times, in the years between when George Washington had been here. And the paint colors had changed dramatically, you know, following sort of the fashions of the day. So the goal was to find out what was the color of the paint in 1799, and if we could find that, then to replicate it as, as closely as we possibly could. So all the paint colors throughout the mansion now are based on that initial survey and study that was done in the late 70s and early 80s. And then more recently in my time here, over the last 10 years or so, we've had the opportunity to reinvestigate some of those areas. And, of course, you know, techniques have, have continued to evolve and, and improve. And so we've been able to actually make some changes to the colors that we think are even more accurate than when they were done 30 years ago. So that's one example, but there's a number, dendrochronology, you know, tree ring dating, we've actually done dendrochronology at a number of the buildings here at Mount Vernon where we had questions about when they were actually built and that we've been very fortunate. The evidence has been very good so we've been able to more tightly date a number of these buildings. Uh, photogrammetry, of course, uh, laser technology, you know, all those things are beginning to weigh in and they're all particularly helpful in recording things, you know, so now we can actually record the conditions much more accurately because we have these new techniques. So a variety of ways uh, and it's really changed uh, in my, during my career, really, really made some major, major strides forward. Well, I have noticed that Mount Vernon has a very active archaeology program. What is the role of archaeology in the restoration of Mount Vernon? Well, we do. And in fact, I'm a trained archaeologist. And when I came here 22 years ago, 
It was to run their archaeology program. And then a number of years back, I was put in charge of all the historic buildings and, you know, the preservation of the entire site. But archaeology has a very important role here. And it's, it's on the one hand, it's research. You know, it's learning more about the estate. We have studied a number of sites here, blacksmith shop, uh, dung repository, uh, slave quarter, a whole variety of 18th century buildings that no longer survive and have found those, those sites and studied them. And based on the archaeology primarily, we've been able to actually reconstruct uh, several of those buildings. So we've been able to bring them back you know, as part of the landscape, part of what people see here. And then the other side of it is cultural resource management, which is that Mount Vernon is a 424-acre site. Uh, the 60-acre core of it is the historic area. But then in the outlying areas, we have you know, restaurants and facilities and parking lots to support 100, a million visitors a year. And so we do archaeology in advance of any ground-disturbing project anywhere on the estate to make sure that nothing is being disturbed as part of that work. So it's really two sides. It's, it's pure research on the one side, aimed at learning more about the plantation to help us interpret it. And then on the other side, it's just doing due diligence to make sure that we don't disturb things that are, that are important uh, because of the archaeology. Well, thank you, Dennis, for talking with me today. I've learned quite a bit. Well, thank you, Josh. It was a pleasure. That was Josh Springer with Dennis Pogue. If you'd like to learn more about the restoration and grounds of Mount Vernon, visit our podcast show notes at the National Center for Preservation Technology and Training website. That's ncptt.nps.gov. Until next time, goodbye, everybody.